I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today, if you have been following me and listening to this podcast, I know you are interested in your expansion and growth. You also know how passionate I am about raising children and teaching them the tools to empower them to live their most amazing life. Today's guest had a peculiar childhood and it impacted her in her life until she met Belinda Womack, who will be a guest on my show in a couple of weeks, and you will not want to miss that episode. But Shane's story will resonate with most of you, so I can't wait to share this beautiful soul with you. Let me tell you a little bit about Shane Braverman before we get started. After working with parents and adolescents for over 18 years as an educator, Shane realized she can truly help parents and their adolescent children to improve their communication, relationships, and family joy by working with them one-on-one. It is her joy and honor to help teens or preteens and their parents understand each other with more compassion and empathy. Shane has found throughout her work as an educator and her own constant self-work that there is always an underlying reason for the challenges and behaviors that adults experience with their teen and preteen changes. Oftentimes, this can be attributed to underlying fears or unresolved experiences. Shane is able to see and hear what is actually going on beneath the surface and guide parents and their children to understand themselves heal the hurts and traumas, and improve relationships and communication. Shane establishes an incredibly safe space where parents and teens feel supported and heard while exploring the frustrations and the impossible situations they feel they are in. She works with both teens and parents separately and helps parents to see how their teen is reflecting unresolved stories and help them to heal. This helps both the parent and the teen to understand one another in a different way, allowing new and creative solutions to present themselves so that all parties are satisfied with the result. Working with teens means that Shane speaks fluent teenager and is able to help them to understand what it is they are experiencing and to identify what their needs are around any particular situation. Her unique gift of connecting with adolescents allows her to really understand what they are feeling and going through and what they need in order to lovingly overcome their challenges and come out of them happier and thriving. As an educator and former boarding school house parent to 11 adolescents, Shane is also able to understand where parents are coming from 
and interpret their frustrations and challenges, as well as help them understand what their kids are going through. She also helps parents to interpret what might be coming up for them from their own adolescence past, as this is often what their teenage children are reflecting for them like a mirror. What I'm really excited to talk to Shane about is her deep inner transformation work for the past 25 years, studying primarily with Belinda Womack. Through Belinda's 12 Angels Accelerated Discovery Program, Shane has learned so much about transforming her own traumatic adolescence and loves to help preteens, teens, and adults to transform their adolescent experiences as well. It is her belief that by calling our energy back to us and loving, understanding, and accepting our past selves, we can change the global adolescent experience. When we as adults go back and transform our experiences, we then have the tools to teach our children, and the whole adolescent experience can be transformed into a much higher vibration. I cannot wait to get this conversation started, but before I bring Shane in, remember to go to my website, ashleygonner.com, and I have the signups for my next Raising Confidence course for your kids and the magic path for the parents and adults who want to take their life to the next level. I'm also having some live Zoom calls with guests from my podcast, so don't forget to go to my website and sign up so you can get all the announcements for all the free classes with my amazing speakers. So without further ado, please welcome Shane Braverman to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, like I said before we hit record, I feel like we're like best friends because I we've been trying to get this interview on the books and in <laughs> in action and here we are finally, but you know, now that I kind of understand, you know, we have so much in common about what our passions are and how I met you was through Belinda Womack, who I read the book and she's, you know, listen, she says, you have to have Shane on your show. So I was like, who's Shane? And, you know, and then I start looking down, I go, no wonder she thinks you should be on my show because we are both passionate about teenagers and instilling in them and, and parents, the relationship between the two. And I know that you have a fascinating childhood. And I think let's start there kind of just so people get a a feel for, you know, what really inspired you to really help this connection between a teenager and a parent. Go for it wherever you want. (laughs) Well, let's see. I had a pretty, we'll say dysfunctional childhood family life at home. And where that hit me the biggest, I think was during adolescence, because, you know, we're all going through so much at that time anyway so much going on with our brain development and hormones and everything is just heightened. And on top of that, with all of the dysfunction and it was pretty rough for a while. And I had the privilege of meeting Belinda Womack when I was about 14. Oh, that young? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. How did that happen? Well, my parents had a store in our local mall where they sold everything that had to do with angels. And naturally, my sister and I worked at the store. And we sold books and oracle cards and all of the things that you can imagine associated with angels. And Belinda was the author of one of the books that we sold. 
and she would come and do workshops there. So I would help kind of facilitate those. And kind of before we knew it, she moved to the area in upstate New York where where I grew up. And we would go to her for workshops, for, you know, all kinds of fun things that she did. So I've basically been learning from her and the 12 Archangels for like 25 years. (laughs) Oh my, what a gift. Wow. I don't know where I'd be without that. Huh, I bet. That's amazing. 14. So when you say your, your childhood before that, cause I know that you, your mom, what was your relationship with your mom? It was. <laughs> My mom is, she's kind of an empty vessel. So hmm. the relationship was very difficult. I was trying constantly to not be on her radar because she was very angry and physically, mentally, emotionally abusive, pretty much any kind of abuse you can imagine. That was my mom. And yeah, so it wasn't great. Right now it's fine. You know, we talk about her most of the time so that my boundaries stay firm and she doesn't get an opportunity to kind of lash out and, you know, right. Claw me with her. (laughs) (laughs) But what, so as I mean, gosh, she had an angel store and she still had that kind of behavior. That's, that seems contradictory to me. Well, and you know, that was interesting for me as a teenager, because, you know, preteens and teens, they totally see through the truth of like everything, right? They'll call you on your crap, whether you want them to or not. (laughs) Right. And I think it was more an opportunity for my dad to have a new business. He's like a businessman through and through. Right. And we had experienced, let's see, my dad's brother, his other brother, his father, and my mom's father all died in one year. Oh my gosh. And I decided I was an atheist at 10 years old because if God existed, how could they do that? And so I just kind of became completely closed off, shut off all my emotions. I wouldn't cry. I barely smiled for a couple of years until I met Belinda and she kind of helped, you know, crack that open again. Um, But my mom needed that comfort. You know, she started going to church. My dad is Jewish. My mom is Presbyterian, but neither of them were very practicing. Okay. So I think that came from the comfort that she was getting after all of that death in the family. Mm -hmm. Um, She started collecting angels and then my dad turned it into a business. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. Huh. Isn't that interesting how, you know, I don't know, like how your life, you know, you have your childhood story. You know, I always talk about that because, you know, I'm raising two girls right now and they're, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it from a higher perspective because of my spiritual growth and, you know, kind of, I had them later in life, but you know, I'm looking at it from this different perspective of what is, what are they going to tell as their story? you know, cause we only get one childhood, you know, I get to be this mom that raises them in this home for 18 years. And I know my friends that say, don't worry, they still are around after they leave, you know, but it just, I'm so like, I'm so focused. And when I hear, when I get to meet amazing people like you on the podcast and hear that, that, you know, when you know that your childhood affects your life, mm-hmm. you know, in so many ways that you have this unawareness that, you're in your twenties and you're living your life with all these limiting beliefs that were so ingrained in you during those 18 years that, you know, you didn't realize were 
you know, part of your life. That's all you knew. You know, your mom instilled those beliefs, your dad, the surroundings. Thank God Belinda came and was your angel, you know, and had the light to show you that there is light. But my whole thing about, you know, knowing that Belinda was put in your life for a reason, for sure, like an angel came to like save you to see, show you this beautiful life that you're now having. But when you realized after you left your home and you wanted to study education, what led you from working with Belinda, learning about her 12 archangels? I mean, that's her focus. Mm -hmm. I just finished her book and she is amazing and channels the angels. And if anyone, I mean, I would highly recommend her book, but anyway, when you go out of your mom's and dad's home and now you're on your own and you're, you know, you're seeking, you're a seeker, right? Explain that transition from going from this childhood where you felt like you were so closed, atheist, what am I doing? You know, what is my life? You know, how does that work? Hmm. Well, I left at 18, pretty much had to get out as soon as I could. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I did not know what I wanted to be when I grew up. You know, when you're in high school and junior, senior year, everybody's like, oh, what college are you going to? What's your major going to be? And, and it looks like everybody has it figured out uh-huh. because they always talk about it and they make these decisions and their families went to this college. So I'm going to go to this college and, you know, but my parents didn't go to college and they told me, you don't have to go. It's okay. And I went instead because I didn't know what to do. I went on an exchange program to Spain Hmm. first. So I basically repeated my senior year in high school, or that was the plan anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it took me quite a few years. I would say maybe after about four, three or four years after I graduated high school, I realized that I wanted to be a teacher. No, I realized that I wanted to study linguistics first. Okay. I finally had a course of study. And then after that, I didn't know what to do with a degree in linguistics. (laughs) Oh, funny. (laughs) And I started substitute teaching and I was like, oh, middle school is where it's at. I love these kids. They're so awesome. And I got my teaching credentials and then worked in a bunch of different schools. So it took me quite a while to figure out that I'm a teacher, even though I've been teaching my whole life. (laughs) Right. But when you, when you're like, something's drawing you to the middle school age? Is it because that's where you had like these wounds that needed to be healed and you wanted to help others? Or did you know that at the time? I did not know that at the time. I just felt really passionate about helping middle school kids in particular, high school kids also, but middle school is like, you know, it's the onset of adolescence. So it's like the biggest ball of confusion, the biggest piece (laughs) of growth, you know, And then once kids hit high school, they either, they kind of get a little jaded, you know? Yes. So I just felt really strong sense of advocacy for middle school students, but I didn't understand why until a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. Just a couple of years ago, it hit you. Yeah. Huh. So when you're working with Belinda and you're going into this deep work, I mean, just even listening to, you know, the meditation she does with the chakras, and I know you work that with your, your clients and parents. Tell me what you've taken from her, what you've learned from her. Is She's your biggest teacher, right? Yes. Okay. So I completed the accelerated discovery program that she has, which is about a year of really intense and profound work. 
And through that, I realized that my work was changing. It was kind of evolving from school teacher, educator, you know, and combining that with all of the years that I've been learning from her and the 12 Archangels to kind of put them together and teach adults how to have a happy adolescence, how to transform all of those things now, even though it happened in the past. And it kind of, you know, time is like an illusion. So it's like actually all happening at the same time. Uh And also work with kids now to help them understand how to navigate all the things that we didn't, you know, because all it would take is one generation to like raise the vibration of adolescence and make it this awesome and fun journey of self-discovery instead of the harrowing experience that it is for practically everybody in the world. Right. You know, because I'm in the thick of it right now, so I'm relating to things, but I do feel like I've, you know, empowered my kids because I knew what to, I was ready. Yeah. <laughs> I, know the, I know we're programming from zero to seven or eight. You know, I know I had this little, you know, sponge and I worked hard at doing that and it was fun. And then now at teenage years, I see the fruit of that. You know, I do feel, I, I mean, that's really what I know I was led to do this podcast to grow this course for these kids. And, you know, I have such a passion like you do. And it happened to me when I was 51, like, you know, here you are almost 40. It's like, people think, you know, life is just a journey and it's, you know, you're writing your story. It doesn't have to be, you know, who knows how long it's going to take. <laughs> to find your passion, right? Yeah, there's no beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> no, but when you talk about parents, talk about that, healing your adolescence, healing those wounds that you had growing up with your parents in the present moment, because there is no time and it's all an illusion. And I know it, I'm getting so much clearer on that concept. So yes, start with that. Tell me how you do that with, like if someone's coming to you and they're like, I can't get along with my teenager. You're like, okay, let's heal what's going on inside of you because that is what is a mirror. You're right. The the teen is a mirror of the mother or father. Yeah. I mean, am I right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yay. I did it. (laughs) I did my deep dive for Shane. (laughs) So it's like, you know, teens kind of from a parent perspective, in one way, they exist to push your buttons. They are acting out things that are going on for them, but at the same time, it's a mirror. So when they're doing something that's like, you know, just driving you crazy or, you know, um, something, a lot of times people really want to control something that's going on with their kids. And I think most people know that with teenagers, there's just, you just can't, like, you can't, you know, they're going to rebel. It's like, it just doesn't exist. But when those moments come up, the best thing to do is to ask, where does this feel familiar? How does this feel familiar? And then kind of just let that be for a couple of minutes or a day or, you know, that, that knowledge will kind of drop in on you when it's ready. Mm -hmm. And then you go back, like, you know, we kind of take time machines back, like magical time machines of violet fire and go back and we look at these experiences and we transform them with energy tools so that they're not triggering or affecting you as much. Like they're still kind of part of your past, right? But you get to transform them and take that energy that's been locked up in there that's causing you to be like, oh, I can't handle it, right? And it just, 
it just takes the air right out of it and you're not as reactive. And, and by working on these things, a lot of people, you know, they block out their adolescence because who Mm -hmm. wants to really relive their middle school years? (laughs) Right. Not many people. So we don't really remember all the things. You don't have to remember them to do this work, but sometimes they pop up because they need to be acknowledged, those experiences. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, it's a little bit easier to be more empathetic and sympathetic with your teenage or preteen children. And you're just far less reactive. So when they're pushing your buttons, you're kind of like, oh yeah, I know what that is. Instead of, "Ah!" Right, right. (laughs) Oh, I just, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself in the last two years, for sure, like deep, right? And it's about the reacting and the, you know, becoming neutral you know, and learning your limiting beliefs are inside yeah. of you and the triggers are all you, nothing about anybody else. It's all within me. Yeah. And to know it's so freeing to have that feeling of when the girls do something and you know, I, it's not, I don't have a, I don't have the typical teenagers and I know it's because I've done the work with them. So I'm so grateful and thank you, God, that I've, you know, that that is what I've created and what they have become. But, you know, when we get this like trigger, you know, when, when they're, they're teenagers and, you know, I just, I look at them and go, and I just like, look at them, like, isn't that interesting that you think that? And it's just so cute to go, they go, oh, mom's not reacting. So they can't, yeah. you know, and it's just so, so fun to live in a, in a house like that. And then they all start to, it's a, that's all, you know, rea- everyone is a reflection when that one person can act that way. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Give me your two cents on the feeling of when one person in the home, say you've worked with a mother and she realizes it was her childhood that's causing these triggers in her children. What goes on? What are the children? What are some stories of the children that are like, finally, mom gets it. Like it was her childhood that's making her have these triggers with me. I'm not sure I've had that response from the kids yet. Mostly it's just parents going, oh my God, my mind is blown. I had no idea. This is huge. You know, these kinds of responses. Huh. I haven't had that yet. But the parents are like in awe, like, wow, that was me. Mm-hmm. It was my childhood. And I had, so when you go into this, now that I understand um, Belinda's work with the colors of the chakras, you know, going through, she does so much visualiz- visualizations. Yeah. Tell, will you go through one with me? Sure. <laughs> okay. I'm going to close my eyes because I visualize and kind of channel while I'm doing them. Okay. So my inner teenager is leading me through it, basically. Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I just one thing I wanted to add before that was that the majority of the time, I think this work involves forgiveness for our teenage selves because... We end up blaming them for a lot of the things that went on during our adolescence. But you know, all of us, every teenager, every preteen now and in the past and in the future, they're making all of those decisions with the knowledge that they have and they're doing it to ensure their survival, basically. Hmm. And 
a lot of us blame our past selves and we're ashamed of them and we blame them. And, you know, so a lot of this work involves violet fire, which is the color of transformation and forgiveness Mm -hmm. because that's a huge theme with it. And it's okay. You know, it's, it's all part of being human. I think we all do it. So, so yeah. Okay. Take a little drink of water first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but when you do these visualizations with these parents, you work, I know you work individually with the parent and then with the child. Um, do you do, you just kind of, you're channeling or you you're just, you're feeling what they need and you work to get, explain that before we go into this. Cause that's what I, yeah. before you start to go into this visualization with the parent, you're realizing this is the trauma that you keep bringing forth with your child. It, it's the mirror that you keep uh, reacting to. Yeah. So like um, before our call today, I was asking my inner teenager, if your inner teenager had anything she wanted us to know. Oh, me? Yeah. Okay. And what is just, you know, tell me if this resonates with you because sometimes it's, sometimes I'm a little off and sometimes it's spot on. But what she said was, look how far I've come. And that to me meant that maybe it feels like we need a little bit more celebration of ourselves and gratitude for ourselves in these times. And I was just wondering if that resonated. It totally does. And it gives me tears. Thank you for that. Because huh. I don't celebrate, you know, I just go and I, my, my love is toward, you know, the family and the kids and you know, I do this because I love it and it fills me, but I don't celebrate that. But thank you for saying that. So right on. That's amazing that you did that. I love that. It's time. It's time. Let's celebrate. <laughs> it's time to celebrate. It's almost my birthday. I guess I'll use that as a reason to celebrate too. Yeah. Anyway, I, you know, I think when you look at your, I look back at my childhood, my teenage years and, you know, my mom, you know, thinking of your parents and, you know, I have two sisters and you think you're fine, you know, and you did it. And then you look back and I look back and I think, gosh, how did I do that? (laughs) You know, that was amazing because I really figured a way to, (laughs) to make it work. But, you know, you think of the kids that I've been working with, their childhoods, you know, and they don't have the tools. We didn't, you know, I didn't have the tools, you know, we didn't, you didn't have the tools. I mean, thank God for Belinda, you know, Yeah. but to go through this, you know, this life, this, these ages that are so, you know, crucial, I feel like, and I, that's why I have so much passion like you, because gosh, if they can get that now, think of their life, you know, there's not going to be a drifter on the twenties, you know, like you were. And I, I was like a drifter. <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't have clarity. I just thought I had to go to college because everyone else did. You know, I just thought, okay, I guess this is what I do next. You know, there's just, I don't know this. You're right. It just takes one generation to shift the consciousness of this, these kids that are coming into this world and going to run it one day. That's our mission. Yes, totally. That is my mission. (laughs) We'll do it together. Okay. So let's go now that I kind of understand more and I know you work with this amazing visualization. So let's do that. 
Okay. Everyone, I know my listeners are going to love that. Here we go. Okay. Close your eyes and take a deep breath in. And a slow breath out. And in front of you, a magical violet-colored beam of light appears. You're going to go ahead and step into that beam of light. And it's going to send you right to your emerald green heart chakra meadow. Where the grass is soft and comfortable if you lay down. And the sun is shining. And it feels warm and welcoming. And in that green meadow... Right next to you is your inner teenager. They can be from any age of your adolescence. Mine is very often my 11-year-old self. Whoever comes to you, that's who it is. And if you feel like visualization is not your thing, that's okay. This works with your intention. And your inner teenager hands you a beautiful flower. It's the most beautiful flower that you have ever seen. This flower represents you because you are the most beautiful human. And your inner teenager is going to take you over to a violet-colored bonfire. And it's just burning bright and big and high in the sky. And in their hand, they hold a stack of papers. This stack represents all the ways that you believed that you did not measure up to your family, the expectations of your school, society, gender expectations, any way that you felt like you weren't enough. They're all written down on these pieces of paper. And you and your inner teenager are going to have a load of fun balling them up and throwing them into that violet fire and say, I forgive. I forgive it all. Each one goes in and burns up and transforms back into love. I forgive. I let go. I forgive, I let go. And you keep throwing in all of those not good enoughs, all of those not enoughs until there's none left. And when there are none left, you and your inner teenager dance around that bonfire and play awesome music and sing and celebrate. 
and call your power back to you through the central sun. So feel those rays of the sun shining on you and say, I call my power back to me fully transformed and back into love, undiluted love. For I am amazing. I am a living miracle. I am a beautiful flower. And give your inner teenager a hug and thank them for helping you to transform these old, crusty beliefs. These ways that we keep ourselves down. And when you are ready, go ahead and open your eyes. Oh, that was beautiful. I've been doing so many visualizations with um, Belinda's book. So I, it's easier, I think, when you're used to visualizations and you, you know, I can see where some people have a hard time. But it's so fun. I love that. When I think, so I'm coming back to my energy here. But when you talk about kids and what they're, when you talk about the three core A's, that was what drew me out of one of your blogs on your website. And it's always about attention, affection, and acknowledgement. That's where they are lacking, right? That's what, what, that's the trigger. Those are the three things that you believe are lacking. They're not being acknowledged by their parents, their feelings. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's their accomplishments, you know, It depends on their relationship. It depends on the parent and the kid. And, you know, every human on the planet needs those things, attention, affection, and acknowledgement. And they really have to come from within ourselves. You know, the more we, we try to depend on outside sources of those things, the unhappier we become. Mm -hmm. And teaching kids how to do that. I think really helps them to understand other people's limitations and where they're, where they're trying to draw blood from a stone, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that parents can really help their kids to overcome that too, by just really seeing them and asking themselves, who is my kid? Who is my child? How are they as a person? You know, am I trying to force them to be just like me? You know, when I was growing up, my dad forced me to work in our family store. Mm-hmm. I, I left at one point and worked at a coffee shop and he called them up and told them that I was quitting. Oh, funny. <laughs> and forced me to work in our family store. And this was a really great example of, you know, where he absolutely did not see me and didn't give me room to be myself. Mm-hmm. Because he was living this story of, I do what my father did. My kid's going to do what I did. Right. And there's like lots of examples of that in many different ways where, where we don't see people for who they are, even if they're adults, that we just don't give them that space. And so we try to force them into boxes or containers or categories. That's what I feel like, you know, I've been softball mom. I've you know, I'm a pageant mom you know, now pages and crew team, 
you know, understanding parents, their intentions of their children doing certain things. Maybe it's a personal thing. But when they have this intention for their child, when it's not really in their heart and their kids are just like, you know, working at their store, (laughs) you know, doing because they've, their dad did, and that's what his dad did. And that's, you know, and to, so like to, to empower your kids to have a mind of their own and to, when they have their own little higher self talking to them. And it's, you know, I always, you know, I've learned so much because, you know, being a mom, it's like, you realize, I know they're coming through me (laughs) and then their own little soul, right? It's so hard to understand that when you're, when they're little, you just want, you know, they're my babies, you know, but now when they're older, it's like, I see that they're on their own journey. And what do you love? You know, what's lights you up. And when kids are in this little box, you know, and they're just not being who they truly, their authentic self. Yeah it causes so much pain. And I feel like it just escalates into more and more and more like, you know, frustration in them and a separation from the parent and the child. Yeah. And separation from themselves, you know, and there's a lot of other influences with that. It's not just parents, you know, it's society, it's school teachers, friends, all of those things that on some level will send the message it's not okay to like what you like. It's not okay to enjoy what you enjoy. But when we learn how to transform those messages and really just listen to our hearts, that's when we are happiest. But so many of us, you know, present day teens included, go through that, those moments where, you know, like when I was maybe 12, I had a writing assignment for my English class. And I remember it very clearly I don't remember the assignment, but I remember in the beginning of it was, I wrote, dear Dickie, how's chickens? And it was supposed to be like a, you know, country, you know, person writing a letter or something like that. And I thought it was so great, but the whole class laughed at me. And I thought I was a terrible writer just from that moment. right? Right. But that's because I didn't have all of those tools to understand that it was actually funny and, or it made them uncomfortable or, you know, like it wasn't me. Years down the road, I think I'm like a terrible writer. It reflects in my, in all of my schoolwork. I have like bad relationships with my English teachers, you know, all of these things. And I was in college and I wrote something like a week ahead of time and turned it into the professor and said, can you just proofread this please? Cause I know I'm a terrible writer. And his response was, what are you talking about? (laughs) and then I was like published in a magazine and like you know so like for like decades this one little thing affected me because I didn't know because I didn't know and our lives are just filled with those moments and that's something that makes me incredibly happy to write but I ignored it for so long because I thought I wasn't allowed to on some level right you know when when you are when you're growing up and you have all these influences and I'm understanding this generation because of my girls, you know, the bullying thing, you know, when I was growing up there, it wasn't bullying. I mean, it was whatever they were mean to me. It was yeah. that we didn't label it anything. And so now we have this label of bullying and telling somebody they're, you know, not good at that or you know, whatever. I don't like your hair. I deal with a lot of hurtful comments with my girls and so when I say that, it's me trying as a mom, 
you know, trying to protect them. I've learned it's their journey. You know, it's, they attracted that to themselves. Do you agree with that? Yeah. So, okay. So there's a, a few different ways of looking at this. We can say, let me rephrase that. I absolutely believe that we create our experiences, but not in the way that I'm a victim of my experiences. So I think it changes the vibration of it, but we attract all the lessons that we need, right? And adolescence is a boot camp. It goes on for like 15 years, right? So it's like super boot camp on steroids because of all the crazy hormone stuff going on. Right. So it's like your life's boot camp. It's where you where you create all of your beliefs about the way that you're living your life for the rest of your life in a big way. So when you're attracting all of those experiences, all of those moments of, you know, oh, your hair is dumb. Oh, you're, oh, you're a teacher's pet. You know, all of those things, those are moments where you get to blow it up in violet fire, take the reaction out of it and keep your power right? Those don't have to be, I mean, don't get me wrong. That hurts too. Like we need to acknowledge those feelings for sure, but they don't have to be these life altering moments in a negative way. They get to be really good displays of strength and awareness and growing and learning. Mm -hmm. They're your teachers. I always say that those girls are your biggest teachers. You know, I have this, we're going through a phase right now where mom, I don't have any friends, mom, I, no one, you know, I don't connect with anyone. I just want to homeschool. They go through, you know, and it, and I said, okay, well, you know, this is, this time of our life is such a, you know, you don't realize it, but it'll, these people will, won't be in your life. The ones that hold on are the ones that that you love and love you, you know, it's just, it'll, whoever attract, you know, your vibration. I always talk about vibration and it's in adult life too. When you, when we, when our vibration comes up here and we've been down here with these other people, it's not, they're on their journey. Nothing's wrong, but they just kind of disappear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, when I try to explain that with the kids, so you, you go ahead, sorry. No, that's okay. I just was thinking that, like mm, friendships and experiences and people come in and out of your life, it can be very quickly. And, you know, the faster you learn, the faster perhaps a relationship runs its course. So it can feel kind of lonely for a little while at times to be more understanding of a deeper way of how the world works. But those people that they need will be in their lives at just the right moment because, you know, divine timing is a thing Yeah, and, you know, it'll be okay. But I get it. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Well, if, when I pick them up at school and they're both like, Oh mom, jeez, <laughs> oh, you know, but I'm so grateful we can have this time to talk and they have me to, you know, to be there. And, um, but tell me like, just something just hit me, you know, like thinking of 2020 and this whole world shift and we're ascending. I know I'm, I want to know your take on it, but I, I want to know your take on the te- why the teenagers, cause what a childhood to have 2020 in your childhood mm-hmm. and, you know, everything's stopping and, 
I just think of all the kids that have been really affected by this whole, I mean, there's, everyone's affected, but how it affects the teenagers and what you believe in your like soul searching work with Belinda and all the things you've learned. (laughs) What is your, your take on all of this? I am really excited for, so as you know, I've worked in a lot of different types of schools, private schools, boarding schools, public schools, all the things, right? And I quit and because in part, because I couldn't be the teacher that I am and exist within the system. Mm -hmm. I get that. So one of the things that I'm very excited for. And I think that it's kind of slow moving on some parts and on some parts, it's like really quickly moving is the revolution of how we do school. Because in, so when everybody went digital, right? Schools were closed in a lot of states, most, most states probably. People are realizing that it's not the content that matters. It's not getting through that curriculum that matters. Mm -hmm. Teachers know it, I think, when they first start out, but they get really wrapped up, you know, in the system and the pressure that's put on them by their administration, by parents, by standardized testing, all of those things. So I think one of the things that I'm most excited for is the evolution of education, because it really is about connection and support and encouraging educational or rather learning risk-taking, right? And like encouraging kids to like go for what they really are interested in versus you have to have math, science, you know, all these, right? These things that are just completely silly because, you know, tests, all the assessments that the kids take, they're completely arbitrary and subjective. And, you know, there's no standardized way to assess learning And so I think all of these things are bubbling up in a bigger way. You know, there's pockets of it all over the place. There's specialized schools, there's micro schools with smaller classes and um, Waldorf style things, you know, where kids go for what it is that they're interested in and it's more organic learning. Right. So I think that this has really shown a humongous light because one of the biggest things that I've heard from kids during the first stages of the pandemic was we don't do anything in class, <laughs> <laughs> right? They don't do anything in class. They, but you know what? They still learned things and they still got some work, work done. I'll say that in quotes, work done. And it wasn't about getting through the stuff. And when they came back to school, that was the biggest thing. All the kids were like, I don't even care what we're doing in class. I'm just happy to be around my friends. Right. And those connections that they're rebuilding with other people and, and their teachers and community. So, so I'm really optimistic that, that it's the catalyst for some big change. Yeah. Like more spiritual learning? Do you feel like that's coming? I feel I've had an interview with somebody that sees like these, these schools that are going to, you know, teach kids the spiritual, you know, this stuff that we love, all the Belinda work. (laughs) Do you see that coming like part of this ascension or are we not there yet? I don't know. Actually, I hadn't thought about that. Let's see. 
Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing like <laughs> my inner inner teenager is kind of showing me like specialized programs for mm, magical kids. Yes. Because I've had um, Ellie Molina, you should check out. She's been on the podcast twice. And Isabel Zimmerman, she was a couple weeks ago. They both are into teaching magic, like magic school. In fact, Ellie used to have a school in Washington called the magic school. Yeah. She used to work there. You need to check her out. Yeah. I just feel, I think probably because I teach this kind of magic stuff and it's not magic. It's just, I feel like are the most important things in life to see the magic, but I feel so strongly about you know, when the girls are like, mom, I'm not good at math. And I said, oh, you'll, I wasn't either. You'll never use that again. But I think what happened in this 2020 was, yeah, everything, the schoolroom wasn't even existent and they, everyone proved that we can do other things, you know, and it just was so, I don't know, empowering to know that we don't need that. It's where I can see the, the shift and it's cool to watch and it's cool to see the, uh, my girls adapt, adapt how they adapted, but a lot of kids are still struggling with that adaption, and which is why I want to help them. But um, what? Tell me what. So let's go to Belinda. We're closing up. Go to what your take on archangels. All my listeners are the last few guests have talked about archangels, guardian angels, soul guides. <laughs> Let's go to that a little deep sure. version of your take on things. Cause you're even a channel, right? Yeah. I think I channel when I write. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I can, I'm getting better at understanding that that's what I'm doing, but yeah. anyway, yeah. I close my eyes and I type and I, my tears, like I just have tears constantly <laughs> rolling down my face because I'm channeling and it's just so powerful and, and emotional and, and freeing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, when did you figure out that you could do that? When did that get more clear to you? Over the last couple of years, after I started the Accelerated Discovery Program. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I always knew through working with Belinda and the 12 Archangels and, you know, Ascended Masters and Spirit Guides over the past, whatever, quarter century. <laughs> oh, you're so old. No, you just started at 14. That was amazing. But we're all ascended masters. Yeah. That's what I loved. I heard that too. I was listening to that today. Explain that. I want people to understand that. Well, we've all been here for so many lifetimes and we're here to to learn and transform fear back into love. And from my perspective, one of the biggest times filled with the most fear is adolescence. So taking on your own adolescence and transforming it and helping your kids to transform theirs while it's happening does amazing service for the planet and for humanity and the universe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all come back lifetime after lifetime to do this work. And, you know, when we're not back here on schoolroom earth, earth, (laughs) (laughs) Earth. (laughs) when we're not back here on schoolroom earth, 
we're helping our families, our soul families. And you get to meet your soul family throughout your human life too, which is always really cool. Like it just feels like, like coming home. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like Belinda's your soul family? Yeah, for sure. Right. <laughs> Am I your soul family? You are my soul sister. Okay. Well, cause I can, when I have clients come to me, some that I have never met that have found me or people that I've known years before, and they're all back to me. I go, you know what? It just shows me we're soul sisters. Like mm-hmm. we're connected. Yeah. Right. Big time. And I yeah. think that we must be like twins or something because the, I was listening to things that you say in your intros and talk about the work that you do in podcasts. And I was like, wow, we're like, we're like twins. Oh, funny. Yeah. Well, that's when I said, when I saw you on zoom, I feel like you're my best friend. I like, I've, I've known you forever, but go to the archangels. Let, let me hear your take mm-hmm. on the archangels. Cause I know Belinda talks about, I mean, she channels the archangels, which is yes. amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I talk to my archangels all the time. I, I mean, I talk to the archangels and my guardian angels and, you know, really it's all the same. If you, if you kind of boil it down to like creator energy or universe energy or divine energy, it's all like flavors of ice cream is how I like to look at it. Uh-huh. You know, and sometimes you get along more with like, you know, a salted caramel than, than you do with vanilla. And so you have a, a more stronger call to work with the salted caramel ice cream versus the vanilla ice cream. Uh-huh. So I think it depends on what resonates with you. Um, but they are, they are friends. They, they make you laugh. They lift you up when you're down. They, they help you to know your heart and your truth. I don't know. I do you ever feel them? Do you feel them? Are you that, do you get that connected? Yeah. Um, mostly when I'm, when I'm doing in the middle of doing the work, I'll see them or feel them or just kind of know they're there. I don't think I'm anywhere on the level where Belinda feels them, but I definitely, I get nudges. I get feelings. Yeah. Do you see feathers? Do you like that kind of thing? Do they give you signs? Uh, no, I don't see. Well, so they give signs like with animals or with numbers or sometimes I'll just hear things. But, you know, when you hear things, it sounds like thoughts in your head for me anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, okay. You know, like a couple of weeks ago, I thought I had a hair appointment and I got in my car ready to go. and then I heard check the appointment, check your calendar. And I was like, oh yeah, I didn't actually get a reminder. I did not have a hair appointment. <laughs> so <laughs> so I was funny. thankful I didn't have to drive like 50 minutes into Seattle to go. <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, I'm so into listening to that, you know, and taking that inspired action, you know, and always listening and, you know, helping people understand it's, it's you know, the higher self. And I was, I'm in to Belinda's book right now. So I'm going off of that how she talks about God and love and your higher self and your soul cover. What does she talk? Soul. Oversoul. Oversoul. Would it tell, explain that. Your oversoul. So like in context of inner teenager stuff or just. Sure. 
So your oversoul is the part of your soul that stays in heaven or stays in God energy or stays, you know, so you're always connected to the central sun or the central soul of God. So it's like the part of you that cannot fall down in vibration. Okay. So in inner teenager terms, that's kind of like the part of you who, because, you know, adolescents are like the most creative people on the planet. They could solve all the world's problems today. Right. They could. And so your oversoul for your inner teenager part is some of the most creative ideas and energies and pursuits that you can have. It's the part of you that knows what makes your heart sing and what you love to do. Um, And you can connect with that part and you can connect with that part pretty easily once you, once you get going. Yeah. How do you connect with it? Well, so Belinda teaches that your inner child, which consists of all of your childhood, not just adolescence, where where my focus is, is composed of a few different parts, right? You have your divine child, which is also part of your oversoul, and you have your wounded child. And the inner teenager is both of those things. And you can connect with them by, you know, going through the violet colored door or portal you know, and you go into your heart chakra. So you're like literally going into your heart chakra when you do that. Mm -hmm. And you start to clear away the low vibration energy that's kind of covering up that wounded child. So you have different aspects of your inner teenager to work with. You have the part that needs the acknowledgement so that you can help clear away the harrowing negative experiences to have greater access to the clear, intuitive channel, divine inner teenager. When do you feel like the, the intuitiveness, the kids, you know, when they're young, like in their teenage, they're so connected. I mean, the kids that I talk to, I know they're sent to me from God because they're just so ready and they're so intuitive and it's just it's mind blowing to me when I sit there with the zoom people and their little call and they're sitting there telling me, I go, Oh my gosh, you are like so tuned in. Why is that? Because they've, they're so much closer to God. Like they haven't had these beliefs that have been fogging them and clogging their, their oversoul. Yes. I think because they have greater imagination because what happens as we progress through our adolescence, oftentimes once we get into high school, we become a little bit jaded from all the things that we experienced in middle school. Mm -hmm. And when you become a little jaded, you start to lose some innocence and you start to lose some of your imagination and your creative power. So my take on it is that they have absolutely unlimited infinity creative power. Everybody does. But as we go through our adolescence, all of those experiences, you know, they're like, I'm I'm kind of writing a new little like blog post about it, but they're like sticky notes, right? And it says like, you know, you're not enough. You're ugly. You're too tall. You're too short, whatever it is. And and it's like, you, you put these sticky notes on you that come from all these different places. And then they just kind of meld into like heavy armor that just weighs you down. Mm -hmm. And until you can rip that off, right. And you can do it really quickly and very easily. You just light it on fire with violet fire and it just 
just goes away. Yes. I love that. That's so good because now after everyone's listened to the, your visualization, that's so powerful. You know, when you realize you can do get rid of that. Absolutely. And it can be done fast. (laughs) And it can be really fast. Yep. But when you live it this way and you think they're, you're just like so heavy when you have these tools that can just be done and live life and see the magic. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. Breaking open that, that imagination, right? Like just burning up those little sticky notes, breaking open that imagination, and then you're on that path and then you can't stop. So, you know, you you can't stop. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Once you get rid of that and you see like, I have these women that are like my age that are in my class, the magic path. And they're like, you think of how long it's taken. They don't understand that this is like so new to them, this kind of work. They weren't Mm -hmm. Shane at 14 and meeting Belinda, (laughs) you know? So here we are in our fifties, you know, and I'm teaching these tools and they're so, there's so much armor, so much. But once we start, now I'm going to burn it with violet flame. Now that we start, we're going to start, we burn it. I get rid of it a different way, but I'm going to start doing that. Um, it's, they're just, they can't, they're mind blown of their life. There's mad, there's like every day they're sending me messages. Like there's so much magic in life and I've my whole life and I'm now 53, you know, and I see it, but it's amazing. Right. But I feel like we're getting there. I mean, people like you and, you know, where we we're like trying to show them that it's not, that's not who we are. We're pure love and light and unlimited. Absolutely. We don't have, there's no limits. And that's when you teach those little teenager minds that you can do anything. You can be anything. You can have anything. You know, I always say like Esther Hicks says you can, it's as easy to create a button as it is a castle. Do you listen to Abraham? I am aware of Abraham. I don't have any uh, books or. Okay. So she's, you know, it's, it's true. You, what do you want? You can create anything. But once these kids get that in their little minds at that age, oh my gosh, can you imagine what their life will be like? Unstoppable. Okay. I've been an hour with my little sweet Shane, (laughs) new friend, my twin sister, twin soul sister. Can you tell people where to find you on your website? Yes. Um, My website is Shane, S-H-A-N-E-L, like Lillian, because that's my middle name, Braverman, like a man that's more brave, or I like to say that I'm braver than any man. <laughs> that's cute. I love your name. <laughs> and then on Instagram, it's shape, it's the same. Yes, I have. So I, I have an inner teenager one. It's just inner underscore teenager or my personal slash T enthusiast one is at Shane Braverman. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. I loved it. I love meeting my soul sister, my twin soul sister. One more thing to add. Oh, good. Tell me. When you're burning up that armor, you know, we're going to always have layers. So when it comes back, you just snap your fingers and it goes up in violet flames. Okay. (laughs) We have no more armor now. No excuses. (laughs) No, we can't use any of that. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, 
please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget, always look for the magic.